Hi guys, and welcome back to this week's episode of Let's Chat Ethics. I'm your co-host, Oriana. And I'm your other co-host, Amanda. And this week, we're going to continue the conversation we were having with Alva Curry and Ryan Hart, both of whom studied Chinese philosophy. And from just a quick summary from last week, so that you know where we were picking up from, uh, we were talking about the Chinese point system and their use of facial recognition. And just before the end of the episode last week, I raised some concerns that it might be similar to um, in, in Spain during the, the dictatorship that lasted up until the 70s, people were somehow penalized. So actually in Spain, people were often taken to prisons and things like that for not having a job. And I had some concerns that in China, you might be similarly penalized for not having a job through, through this, this point system. So this is where we're going to pick up the conversation. And I hope you enjoy. You do raise an interesting concern. So can I just, for the audience, say a little bit about the facial recognition software that's, you know, and, um, and everyone feel free to correct me in the point system, right? So right now, China's sort of in the hot seat, right? Because uh, they have, basically they're the world leaders in facial recognition software. And uh, it is now 2021, right? So by 2020, they wanted facial recognition used in every CCTV camera uh, in China. Uh, and for that to be tied to a point system, uh, a point system uh, that is basically used to try to deter people from petty crimes. Right. And so and it comes from, a, you know, like it's sort of uh, a Chinese philosophical history, right, where they had uh, legalism, right, where you had punishments and rewards. And that's kind of how society is well managed. Right. So this point system, if you do a bad thing, you lose points. But if you do a good thing, you get rewarded. Right. And you don't just get rewarded in that you get a badge. Right. And you're like, good citizen. Right. This is. This then helps you get into universities, get better jobs, get um, loans with less interest, right, uh, et cetera, et cetera. And Ryan will have something interesting to say, I think, about that in, in America. But anyway, so I guess potentially, and I don't know this right here, where, but I, I wonder if Amanda's slightly right in that there is some subtraction of points if you're unemployed for too long. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't know. Uh, because, right, from everything that I've read, it's quite a, um, uh, they've thought of, you know, it's very comprehensive, right? So, so you lose points, right, if you cross the road and it was in the light wasn't green or there wasn't a zebra crossing or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, but you gain points if you have a baby and you buy nappies, or that's, that's the British word, right? What do you call it in America? Diapers. 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 Right, <laughs> because, because it suggests, you know, according to the government, that suggests responsibility, right? And apparently, uh, if you buy alcohol too often, it suggests dependency, so you lose points, mm. right? Uh, yeah. And all of this is said to be transparent because you can just download an app 
right? And you'll see, you know, it's kind of like your credit score. You'll see your points and, you know, how good they are in comparison to other people, right? Mm -hmm. And I don't know whether they're itemized, right? So that one question I have that I haven't found the answer for yet is whether you can, um, oh, what's the word? Like, let's say I got points subtracted because it said, I'll let you cross the road uh, when it was red. And I contest that. I don't know whether you have the possibility to contest things. Um, I could imagine that would be very overwhelming, right? In, in terms of, you know, yeah, the administration. Uh, but that's sort of kind, kind of like how the point system is supposed to work, right? Yeah, I've, yeah, I've actually read, I read a book on, um, on this about three years ago. Um, it, I've completely forgotten the name of the author. I think it was called like, um, Can We Trust Technology or something like that. But um, the, the book was coming from more of like the negative side of this point system, like talking about how, um, you know, like if you have, uh, if you, so not having certain points would mean you can't fly a plane. It means you can even leave China. Right. Um, right. You can um, go into like certain restaurants or hotels mm -hmm. Or, um, yeah, it was kind of like a social way of living, like certain people won't want to interact with you or even marry your children if you haven't yeah. got X amount of points or something. Mm -hmm. um, but so, yeah, the, the book I read was more, but the author for um, Transparency was American. So mm -hmm. it was coming from obviously like a more American um, perspective of this. And obviously, like we've just spoken about, that something like that in America would be seen as like, oh my God, infringing on my freedom <laughs> right. even though I guess there are many other point systems in America anyway for other certain things they're just <laughs> in a way less transparent right I was gonna say, like, like, which university did you go to which kindergarten yeah. did you go to I think I was actually going to yeah. say that was something I was going to talk about with the human rights but I didn't want to go on too much tangent but I was going to say that I feel like the UK and I guess America but coming from the UK growing up in the UK packages things um in such a way that um just like has kind of and has packaged things in a way that even people within the UK aren't even aware of their own history in terms right. of like um their colonial history and the impact they've had in the world so they are very quick now to point the finger at like China and other countries to be like oh, human rights violations but really you know the Britain was violating those same human rights for hundreds and hundreds of years in until recently-ish. Until, yeah, I mean, probably could still be argued to still be doing that. So I think... Oh, still. still. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. I was going to say, so actually, in many ways, like you were just saying, Amanda, that actually China... I think China's much more transparent about the things they can do. Like, yeah, we're having a point <laughs> okay, system. Yeah. This is what people in our society are going to adhere to and abide by. But do we not already have these point systems in europe and in america anyway but they're just packaged in different ways yeah like much more implicit uh, and yeah. maybe harder to get past in a way maybe because yeah well i it, oh, I, no, I mean I, no go ahead alba no i, I was just going to say something really small though with, with the you know the transparency and how china packages them. one thing that really shook me when i lived there is that companies will have a propaganda division <laughs> they call it a propaganda division and there's there's no problem with that right whereas yeah. we would be we we know that advertising and all of that is propaganda public relations <laughs> right. yeah right. PR. 
but yeah. yeah but but you, so you're right too in that in in a way it, it's 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 just so this is what we're doing and then in yeah so anyway that that's just the, it was an interesting observation mm-hmm. yeah from you yeah. i mean in in the u.s i don't i don't know exactly how they work in europe but i mean in the u.s credit scores right credit mm-hmm. scores right. didn't exist until 1989 like i am i the oldest person here um you might be, yeah. I was so that so that was two years after I was born, right? Like that was within my lifetime. It was like credit yeah. scores became a thing, yeah. and now credit scores are these entirely arcane. Like Amanda said, they're they're so much less transparent. You, it's not entirely clear that you know what your credit score is, and a lot of the time, to even check your credit score lowers your credit score because the yeah. assumption is, well, if you have to check it, you know it's not very good, yeah. or you have to pay to check your credit score. Yeah. And the credit score will do, you know, many of these same things. It'll prevent you from being able to lease a home. And if you don't have an address in the U.S., you can't apply for a job. Yeah, um, yeah. If your credit score is too low, you can't get a car. You often can't even get employment, even if you do have an address. I've applied to so many jobs on the academic job market the last few years. And even like at a university, like you're coming out of grad school, you're broke as hell. Um, yeah. You'd think that these universities would know that. But there's a little thing you have to check that says, I submit to a background check and a credit check. And there are a lot of schools where if your credit check is low enough or if your debts are high enough, they won't hire you. Wow. Um, and, you know, you could be comfortable or uncomfortable with China's system, I'm, I'm regardless of that. But at least with, with China's system, purportedly, you know, if I do nice, responsible things like cross the street at the right time or like, buy groceries for my neighbor or something, I can at least try to improve my ability, my, my positive freedom, my ability to yeah. do things in yeah. society by being a good person. Yeah. Like you can try to be a good person in the US and your credit score doesn't give a fuck. Like, there's no <laughs> way it's going to change because you got your neighbor's groceries. Or you said, well, I never jaywalk. I always cross the street properly. <laughs> yeah. Well, and Actually, in a way, just, it's, it's worth thinking about like the translation of like ethics into policy, right? Like, yeah. is there a way you could encourage normal individual people to behave ethically mm-hmm. and to make their ethical behavior socially beneficial to themselves? Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that's even a good idea or that it's possible. But that's one way to think about the social right. credit system that purportedly China's doing. And I just say purportedly yeah. because well, nobody actually knows exactly how it's going to work. Right. But um, there's sorry, there's there's just two things. Right. One of them. Right. Is that right. Was, was the West is sort of democratic. China considers itself a meritocracy. So it also makes complete sense. Right. From a Chinese standpoint to have these point systems, because it's like, you know, let's say Amanda is, you know, just super rich, but has never, has always crossed the road wrong, right? Mm-hmm. And buys alcohol every week, exactly. uh, <laughs> you know, and didn't try to study hard, you know, like the point system will show Amanda doesn't have enough merit. She has money, but she doesn't have merit. Why should she get to go to the best university or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas in the West, it's like, well, she has money. We don't care what she's actually like as a person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but then which the is other- an old yeah. Uh, no, I was, that's just an old 
system in China, right? They've had right. these civil service exam systems mm -hmm. um, that got formalized under the Sui dynasties, look at the very end of the 500s AD, um, where, you know, to, to get into government service, you took a test. And the test was, it changed over the centuries. It was always a different test, but it would involve questions about poetry. It would involve questions about ethics and what kind of a person you were, your ability to do historical analysis, your ability to memorize books. Um, and it was this imperfect meritocracy. Um, that's how you became, you know, the prime minister of China to work with the emperor was you, you were worthy through your intellectual efforts. And of course, the whole system was always bureaucratized. And some people had money to afford tutors and some people didn't. And some people would pull strings. And it's never a perfect system. But yeah, that idea of meritocracy goes way back in Chinese society. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Exactly. And then um, I was just going to say then the, the, the second point, and, and I want to just have a little social experiment with all of you, a thought experiment rather than social. <laughs> um, so the part of the reasoning for the point system, right, as I mentioned, was to deal with petty crimes that you can't take someone to, to court for, right? And, and because this is something that China has been struggling with for a long time, and I, I even had problems with, with the law there, where it's, it's not transparent, it's kind of all over the place. Um, and so they wanted, they wanted a way to deal with, yeah, just people like maybe pickpocketing, right, doing spitting on the floor, like, you know, but also dealing with issues of food security, right, because of course, there's been issues in China with uh, baby food, which now there's issues in America with baby food. Um, but, uh, and for, 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 you know, when they've asked the Chinese public, you know, like, are you in favor of this? They're like, yes, please. Someone deal with some of the chaos I have to deal with in Shanghai, where there's 26 million people. Right. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> that's huge. It's huge. Right. But I was thinking, you know, that when a lot of these media articles from the West criticize all of this, right? They're also, this goes back to something Oriana said at the beginning, right? To me, it goes back to a kind of privilege too, because I found myself wondering, and, and I want to know what all the three of you think, you know, with what's been going on in the UK with uh, sexual harassment in the street. Mm -hmm. If we had uh, a system like this, CCTV cameras with facial recognition, where if someone decides to catcall you, touch your butt, whatever, right? Not only do they get points deducted, but their face is going to be on screens all over the neighborhood <laughs> saying this person, right, is a pervert and does not respect women, you know? <laughs> like, how, because I was really thinking, like, how else are we going to solve this issue? Because we're just like, oh, you know, just educate women more, make them feistier. Now some people say just carry guns and start shooting men that, you know, harass you. <laughs> like, you oh know, because God. <laughs> God forbid you try to educate men, right? Uh, yeah. Uh, whereas whereas okay. shame, shame is so powerful, right? If in turn, you know, if, if, if we had this kind of system and, and whenever someone actually harasses someone, there's, you know, their face is everywhere. Yeah, I and mean... That I was going to say, I feel like Amanda said in an episode, didn't you? I, I literally remember you said something about Alexa phoning someone's mum to be like, yeah. you harass. So, um, <laughs> for, I think uh, maybe Ryan doesn't know what I do for my PhD, but I... Oh, I know. 
Oh, you know? Alva <laughs> <laughs> and I talk about you all the time. Yes. <laughs> I forgot how famous I am. I don't know anything about your brother. He never comes up, but you come up all the time. <laughs> so basically, uh, for the audience, um, I, I'm trying to find how to deal with people sexually harassing Alexa, um, essentially, which people do all the time. And um, well, why, why this matters is a whole discussion about gut feelings and what is really morally right and wrong. Um, but um, one of the strategies that, that I'm, I'm testing is actually Alexa threatening to call your mom. Um, okay. And it's kind of inspired by well, there's, you know, obviously the idea that you can always appeal to an authority and in a way mothers are the ultimate authority for everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, but also um, there was a trend, I think it started by um, a journalist on Twitter who was getting uh, sent all these dick pics and stuff. And so what she started doing was uh, finding the guy's mothers online and sending them the dick, oh, the yeah. dick pics that, yeah. <laughs> about um, that, yeah. So, yeah, I think, uh, in fact, when, when I did see people that got this, this reaction of, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to tell your mother, people freaked out. Like, that was, I think, I mean, I'm, I'm still running the experiment, so I have no definitive results. But that seems to be, like, the, the response that most it makes people freak out, although it tends to maybe end the conversation, right? But even telling them, like, there's somebody else reading this conversation, not your mother, right? Like, just a scientist or a student or something. People don't really care about that as much as your mother and the people you you know, right? Um, right. So I was reading a lot about uh, the idea of face, right? So when you talk about saving face and, mm-hmm. yeah, this... That seems to be something that we really, really want to, to preserve mm-hmm. as humans. And maybe it's got to do with the, the sense of self that we have that's relational. Or... Yeah. Mm. And I do yeah. think shame's like, well, yeah. yeah, I was just going to say, like, I feel like this, what you said, Alba, about shame is like the ultimate thing. Because even when you think um, just like with paedophiles and anyone who's put on the sex offenders list, like a lot of times the, 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 the picture of the person will be put in the papers. And it's like that kind of, shaming isn't it like this person has done you know a horrible yeah even being put on the sex offenders list I guess it's like a big shame yeah but like actually like when you think about it the I was thinking about that as well like with um everything that happened in London recently with that um Mm -hmm. girl being like murdered by a police officer and then Mm -hmm. that off the back of that everyone was talking about all the sexual assault that women face in the UK Mm -hmm. and I was thinking for ages like we can't really there aren't really many ways to combat it yes men can educate themselves more and but hate to be pessimistic here but I don't think men are going to suddenly get into groups and start calling because it does come from men calling out men because they don't respect women Mm -hmm. enough to listen to a woman Mm -hmm. so um yeah actually having some kind of point system well something where it would like bing up and shame that person imagine it goes all over social media every time like this person like touched your bum whilst you're walking right. on the street yeah imagine it like pings all your friends or like tweets something out for you saying i just groped a woman on the subway yeah but <laughs> but, but this is what i was i mean we well, think about that maybe oh sorry yeah ryan oh no no go ahead finish no, i was just going to say that maybe that you know uh, oriana's point earlier about a kind of privilege made me think whether all these or a lot of these criticisms of the Chinese point system and CCTV cameras and facial recognition come from a privileged position, right? Of someone who is not a part of an oppressed 
vulnerable group. Mm -hmm. You know, because I think all of us here might have thought at some point in their life, you know, I wish someone had been there to see what was being done to me, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and, 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 and so I, I just wonder whether, you know, like thinking of, of something like that, right, would, would make you more sympathetic to having, you know, uh, I mean, you're already, Oriana and Amanda, you're in the UK, right? So you already have CCTV cameras everywhere. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, so would you, would you mind having facial recognition software, you know, and like a sort of identifier and, and, you know, if it promised to get rid of, you know, some of the things that happened to you in lieu of you being a woman? I mean, I think that's a really interesting question, right? The trade-off of, okay, I'm, I'm giving this up and also chancing the possibility that maybe I go around groping people, you don't know that, and then I'm going to be put on, on social media or, you know, on my way to the supermarket, it's going to be like something following me saying, this person is a groper. <laughs> I'm not, to be clear. But, or, or yeah. jaywalking, let's use the example of jaywalking, which I, I, right. I am, right? And, and maybe I won't care. Maybe I'm a, everybody and their mother jaywalks at some point. So right. whatever, right? Um, but I think that's a very interesting thought experiment. And I think I would, I would actually maybe be willing to allow that in exchange for, you know, some some kind that the opposite side of freedom. So different, like uh, Ryan was talking about positive and negative freedoms, right? So instead of my, you know, their freedom to to grope people or to sexually harass people, because it should be something like catcalling or something. The, um, you know, having instead the sorry, I could just hear my brother shouting at Alexa. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, my freedom to, to walk around and every woman's freedom to walk around mm -hmm. with, at the very least, a much, much reduced um, incidence of, of these sort of things, right? Uh, and especially, I think it would probably work particularly well in the UK where there is just so much CCTV. Right. Um, yeah. Because I, I think that the UK's response, though, was like they said they were just going to have undercover police officers in clubs and bars but then I was like okay but who's then going to stop the undercover police officer who murdered that girl from doing that so like and let's face it the police haven't had a great history but of being completely um amazing and transparent with yeah. many groups of people and I think that yeah so he, I guess then the question for me would be who is then like monitoring the facial recognition and actually? Well, yeah, because that's that was the the problem that I was going to pose. It's more like a, a to like just the the system in general, right? Is well, first of all, one of design, right? Like who designs what is sexual harassment, right? That's a huge issue. But also, there's like a, you know, getting a bit more philosophical. This is a little bit like. Um, trying to defend, you know, like Kant's categorical imperative, right? Crossing the road is always wrong. Right? <laughs> uh, but what if there's a baby in the middle of the road, somehow a kitten, whatever, and you need to save it, mm -hmm. right? Now, that's a small thing. You might think, well, I'll lose five points. But maybe, maybe, maybe it gives you points for saving kittens, right? And you get 10 points it's for saving it. a kitten, yeah. right? <laughs> so it, it's worth it. Um, and, and I was going to answer 
some and there's a problem right with sorry I'm, I'm getting like uh ahead of myself but then with the um sexual harassing right this was something i mentioned to ryan before part of the problem might be that you know the four of us are friends we're on a night out and i shout to ryan something like whoa nice ass you know is the facial recognition software and point system going to recognize that ryan and i are friends and i'm not a threat yeah but i think i mean here i might be able to chip in a little bit from my perspective of somebody who works on actually detecting this right like this is a a paper that I'm working on right now is specifically on detecting uh, sexual harassment and I mean the I'm doing it on on language and in fact on transcripts only which is is harder right there's something about the tone of voice that you're using um that might affect uh, that for example and yeah knowing your yours and Ryan's relationship and it might be that it can check um okay are you and Ryan friends on social media right right mm-hmm. or have you appeared together on camera many times and these are not like computationally easy things but it might be able to access directly like this is something that's stored like top 20 people Alba hangs out with if Ryan is one of them then she might not be sexually harassing him Right. She might still, yeah. right? I mean, uh, we all right, know that right. like, sexual course. harassment, sexual assault, a lot of it is people you know, right? Yeah. Um, but that is, you know, you bring up a really good point is that it's extremely difficult. And even, you know, with the, the data that I've collected right now, I've got experts. So these are people who have studied um, gender studies and they're all even from the same demographic groups that they're all like young women who study at the University of Edinburgh is a very specific subgroup of, of people. And you think they'd have very similar ideas of what is sexist, what is sexual harassment, and they don't. Right. Um, and so that, you know, that I think that speaks to just how difficult that is. And so you would need a really good safety plan. Like what happens if uh, the camera detects that you've sexually harassed Ryan, but it's wrong, right? Um, can you appeal that? Right. Can you appeal that within a, a reasonable time frame? I mean, maybe you can appeal it, but it's going to take five years, and then those five years you've lost your house or something because of um, this flawed right um, problem. And that happens with a lot of other things, not just um, this. So. Well, you know, it's funny because that sort of ruthlessness is like its biggest flaw, but I also wanted to answer Rihanna with regards to the undercover police. It's also like its biggest strength because part of the issue I have with relying on the police, even if they have their best intentions, I find that it's almost like the their sympathy, uh, you know, or ability to empathize more with the perpetrator always, mm-hmm. right? Often gets in the way because they're like, oh, like, let's say I did, Ryan did feel sexually harassed by me, right? It, and and then the police like ah oh, but she's your friend and she just sort of she got out of hand she drank a bit too much today you know you'll be fine you know just take a breather or whatever and and, and Ryan's like like no why aren't you trusting me and the AI would not have that issue the AI would be like I I don't care that Alva was drunk <sighs> yeah this is objectively mm-hmm. and so so it's 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 a hard. It's a hard balance, right? Um, yeah, I wonder if it could consider also input from the like victim. So maybe it could say, "Hey, oh. Ryan, I think you got sexually harassed by Alba," and then Ryan can and make you just a, press, an like, assessment. A yeah, 
And it got me so I wake up the next morning and there's a text on my phone. It's like, <laughs> yeah. scale of one to 10, how hard did she grab your junk? Yeah. Yeah. On a scale of one to 10, how much did you like it? Yeah, I mean, there's obviously like huge problems with that. I even imagine that, um, you know, if you maybe like you felt that something was off, but you're not quite willing to put a word in it. And then like your, your phone is just like, so you were sexually assaulted last night. That sounds like you'd be like, oh, my God, <laughs> you know, well, and like, but, yeah. yeah. But there are, we just have to then rely on the experts where they know how to ask that question that without potentially like, or, or with the least potential of re-traumatizing you, right? Yeah. So that, that would mm. be sort of uh, the way, like, I don't know, I, I imagine something quite simple that says to Ryan, you know, uh, was there an incident last night? Yeah, there you might know, be even like um, sort of indirect measures of that, like maybe if, Ryan did feel harassed by you, then he might stop texting you as much. Um, and if we're in full surveillance or, you know, so it could like tentatively think that maybe this happened and then, but this is wow. way off the right. AI. Right. <laughs> where yeah. This really yeah, I was going to say yeah. though, is in, in China, since they're already kind of using facial recognition to like um, kind of surveil like in this way, Mm -hmm. how many how many like instances are there are there of errors and how do they kind so, of go about rectifying that unfortunately like from i've tried to find it and it's there's not much information okay. uh, and that's also just part of the problem even when you try to watch documentaries the people that are allowed to speak with the uh reporters are usually people that have been uh vetted by the government or something like that so it, it's a little bit hard to know but mm -hmm. from the data just in terms of how accurate the facial recognition itself is it's extremely accurate because they've also it all started with alipay implementing it to use it to pay for things so you when you order your mcdonald's uh you do it with your face wow um so i think they were just able to get <laughs> minus it. points too many big macs this month <laughs> <laughs> But uh, but I think they were able to gather just so much data so quickly thanks to partnering up with businesses that were slowly implementing this. Hmm. Which, to my mind, yeah. is always going to be the biggest problem with like someone asked earlier, like, oh, yeah, can you trust tech or whatever? To, to my mind, the answer is no. But why should you? Right. Like technology yeah. isn't a, isn't a person. It, it's not trustworthy. Right. It's trustworthy in the sense like is it going to work or not, but um, and it's always going to be funneled through links to corporations like the U.S. doesn't get all this data and surveillance alone. It partners with Silicon Valley. And, yeah. you know, in that sense, the Chinese government is not necessarily all that different from the U.S. government, again, which is like the recurring theme that I've just been saying over and over. Right. It's like they're 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 all. They're not the same, but they're all just people and they're people in positions and structures of power. And mm -hmm. it might manifest differently, but you know, as far as ethics goes, to, to zoom out back to the, the sort of original point Alba made of like getting away from international relations and stuff, as far as ethics goes, one good point is that all these people who, who criticize or write about surveillance technology in China, um, I think there's a basic ethical question of, should they mm -hmm. um 
in the sense of, you know, should people be worried about like cleaning up their own house first before they go out and point fingers at other people? Maybe not. Maybe you say like uh, government doing shady things anywhere is a problem and we should all be able to talk about it. Mm -hmm. um, but surely for the efficacy of your ethics, if you want people to pay attention to your ethics, you want to try to speak from a place without hypocrisy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, then you've got the problem of that is saying... not something that often happens. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but I feel like if you if you always say that if you can only point things out if right. you yeah, your own house is in order and you're perfect. Um then I don't know, like uh, you know, it's Easter Monday if we can say that uh, whoever what is what is the saying about throwing stones? Oh, yeah. Let him who is without sin cast the first stone. Yes, that's it. Yes. So, yeah, does that mean we can never point it out? I don't know. I, but I just think, no. Yeah, I, and I don't. Sorry. sorry. Oh, no, sorry. I was going to say, I don't even think it's so much of an, an ethical thing. Like, it's not that you, you can't do it. But I think Alba mentioned um, at the beginning that, like, one thing that might come up is sort of post-colonial themes right and mm -hmm. so from the standpoint of like post-colonial work um there are a lot of post-colonial theorists and activists who make the case that um if you live in the empire especially in the heart of the empire so america right or it's it's allies like western europe and canada if you're in the empire your job to create a more just world is to dismantle the empire like, yeah that's what needs to happen um yeah and it, it, that's not to say that China's doing things that are okay. It's just to say, you have a finite amount of energy and attention in the world. Why are you putting 70% of it into railing against China? And I'm not even saying I agree with that argument, but that is a very strong current in post-colonial thought out there. Is, mm -hmm. you know, your, your country, certainly Britain and the US, we've done a great deal of damage in the world and are responsible for a lot of the reason it is the way it is. Um, mm -hmm. And is the most effective thing we can do to help those, those poor naive people in China who are being surveilled, the most effective thing we can do is to criticize their government. Sorry, Oriana. No, I was just gonna say, it's a great uh, deterrent. Um, it's just a great, um, well, not it's not the right word, but we're thinking of like reflective, like reflecting like the blame, like it's quite, it's much easier for, um, like I was saying before, just the UK doesn't like to look inwards, even like that they released um, a race report this week saying that they're not institutionally racist. So that's the whole thing in itself, but that's just the kind of like amnesia that the UK government and UK people in general love to have about the history and what kind of atrocities we've done for centuries and what what role we've really played in um you know doing terrible things in Africa and Asia and um the kind of knock-on effects so it's much easier to look at China and maybe say that China's um doing terrible terrible things worldwide mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. you were gonna say something and well then... I'm, I'm coming short on our time. We might have to pick this up. All I wanted to say, just because I'm like, I could go on a tangent, but I can say in, in a show, because also a solution, right, that speaks to all of the things that you were saying is, is not to say, oh, I have to be perfect in order to say something, but 
Instead of, you know, every time you want to criticize China, you just throw Tiananmen Square out there. And it doesn't even have anything to do with what you're saying, but it's just to put an image in your mind, mm-hmm. right? Maybe, you know, to, to start from a place of humility and without, you know, the sort of amnesia, right, that Oriana is speaking of, uh, you know, about uh, that they, I mean, as awful as Tiananmen Square was, like, it isn't unique to China. Like, the UK has done awful things, very comparable, America, like, pick, pick your country, yeah. right? And also in, the, in recent history, right? Um, and just maybe for another time, I'll leave just this, this sort of um, thought out there, you know, the, that uh, the UK and America particularly are horrified by the language that China uses with, you know, its policies on artificial intelligence that they want to be the world's leader, right? Mm-hmm. And, and this comes right from the time of Mao, but there is a reason why China wants to be in this kind of race, right? And it goes back to, um, oh my goodness, now of course I have to forget the word, the opium wars, right? Mm-hmm. Because yeah. just think about what happened with the opium wars, you know, and, and who's responsible for what happened to China from that moment onwards, et cetera, et cetera, right? Like uh, it doesn't, it does, it's not China just being some sort of Dr. Evil. Mm-hmm. Which is kind of the, the, I guess, yeah, we had we have that for the Russian, China, the yeah, the Doctor Evils of, of the world. Um, yeah. So I think we're gonna finish up here for today, and we'll pick it up next time because Alba still has to tell us about the ancient Greek robots. We um, we need to hear that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so. Oh dear. Thank okay. you so much, guys. Though. Yeah. Quite, honestly, this has been amazing. I've loved this. Yeah. This Thank you really, so much. Really great no, to have thanks. you guys. And yeah, we'll talk to you guys soon. Uh, we hope everybody in, that's that's listening um, enjoyed the podcast. If you mm-hmm. have any thoughts or comments, you can tweet at us at Let's Chat Ethics. You can tweet at Alba at. What's your Twitter handle, Alba? <laughs> Alba Curry. Alba Curry and <laughs> Ryan Hart. Um, and we'll actually we'll link both of them in the <laughs> You don't tweet. Get the oh my god. Okay. Well then on Twitter. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we'll we'll find some way for you to contact Ryan if if you're interested. You can you, you can contact him through me if you like. Yeah. Contact my my, sacri- my secretary Alba. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I'll I'll perform my gender role. <laughs> it also sexually harasses me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, thank you so much. I had a lot of fun, and thank you, Ryan. Uh, thank you, Ryan. It's been amazing. Yeah. Thank you so much, guys. Yeah. <laughs> Bye. Yeah.